This time on the Magic Kitchen podcast, we're talking about casting love spells and how witches manipulate the heart. I'm Leander Witchwood. And I'm Elise Wells. And welcome to the Magic Kitchen podcast, where we talk about magic, kitchen witchcraft, herbs, and everything in between. Magic Kitchen Podcast is funded and supported by thewitchwoodteahouse.com, offering a variety of hand-blended loose leaf teas, as well as loose herbs for all of your ritual, spell work, wellness, and everyday enjoyment needs. If you would like to support this podcast while sipping a great cup of tea, head over to thewitchwoodteahouse.com and find the magic that's in store for you. We are in February already. Can you believe it? <laughs> the month of love. What? Oh, oh man. <laughs> I think we both did the same thing at the same time. Yours was just audible. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really honestly feel like February needs to be that self-love month. No, mm. not this romantic love month. Because not I this like capitalist so much driven pressure. by people right, right. stuff month. Where yeah. the chocolate industry goes ham and yeah. roses and all that. But like really, I, I that's what I focus on in February. I don't focus on romantic love. I focus on that aspect of shadow work where you're learning to love yourself a little bit more. Do yes. things for yourself a little bit more. Um, we were, I was just talking to Stacy about this, about like what can we do together to support each other in self-love? Yeah, And, you know, like, there's so much going on in our lives. We always like pulled in different directions. We both have kids. So that's a whole other element. <laughs> and of course, husbands, you know. <laughs> and so, so we made a pact with each other that every month we are going to set aside one day where she and I go out, turn off our phones, basically. Nobody, nobody is allowed to contact us about what's for dinner. Nobody's allowed to contact us about what is, you know, anything home or domestic related like if the house is on fire yes <laughs> type of thing but so we're going to just a girl's day go out go shopping go do a bala soak massages whatever and that is going to be our self-care yeah our reset. i love that yeah and and we're starting it in february nice so, oh that's beautiful that's perfect perfect right that to me is is what it's all about. And, that, and I'm carrying that over into the community, the Rebel Mystic community, where we are focusing on self-love this month. So the package Aww. I have created is chocolate chai tea, rose sugar, and you know, all that nice, nice, just this is for me and not to please anybody else, not to have anybody else's approval, that sort of thing. Oh, I love so that's, that. That's my big focus. Well, and, and I feel like February in the Western calendar is like this dead kind of time. And mm -hmm. yeah, Valentine's Day is there, but it's kind of meh. meh. But yeah. we've got in bulk. 
you know, and, and yes. increasingly, this is the second year that Ireland has officially celebrated Bridget's Day. And they even dropped nice. the saint part because they were like, actually, it's so much more oh, than that. So it is officially lovely. just Bridget's Day and it's a national holiday. Mm-hmm. People actually get the day mm-hmm. off the first Monday in February. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Progress. It's really great. I love it. <laughs> and the theme of this holiday carries over in cultures around the entire world. Even in Greece, there used to be a celebration of Eos, the goddess of the dawn at this time. And Bridget, as a fire goddess, also represents this bringing back of light, which dawn Mm -hmm. means the literal time of day, but it also means the return of light. Light. So it's really beautiful to focus. For me, I focus in February on this, this, the themes of Imbolc, you know, renewal, hope. Yes, And also the etymology of the word in bulk means in the belly of the mother. Yes. And so in our community, each week, we've got a journal prompt in February focusing on the, the themes of in bulk, like renewal and hope. But also we get into this deeper aspect of what it means to be nurtured by the wheel of the year, by our connections with deity. And then in turn, how do we let ourselves nurture others? What does it mean right. when we think of like rebirth? And this kind of like this, this empowerment that comes from the inner work, because it's just mm-hmm. such a dark and dismal time if we let it be. Yeah. But y'all, we've yeah. already made it through the it's hard times. The 10 weeks yeah. of darkness are over as of like January 22nd. We're in the light, yes. y'all. We're in the light. <laughs> so we just got to <laughs> embrace it. I, I am so ready for spring. I'm so ready for new projects. You know, old projects are finally coming to fruition. Like uh, my Chakra for Witches book that I wrote with Lisa Chamberlain is published. Woo-hoo! So that's one of the old projects that I, yeah. Yay! <laughs> so if you're looking for it, it's on Amazon. Are you, um, I'm going to have it on my website soon too. But yeah, so like old projects are finally, you know, being completed. So now it's time for new stuff. Like what is 2024 going to bring? What? great things can we start planting? What seeds can we nurture? How, how do we get those roots to, to go deep and be nourished? Yeah. And that's what I'm excited for. And I think February really starts to like, it feel, you can feel spring coming. And I do feel that around in bulk. Like I feel spring coming, that light is returning. Things are coming back into growth and warmth like, well, here in Pennsylvania, I mean, it's still cold here. We're, I think right now, let me, let me check. I'm going to check it right now. It is 38 degrees <laughs> Oof, Yeah. at the time of recording and it's 38 degrees. So it is still cold. Yeah. That's like but, five for you Europeans. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cold. That's it's pretty cold. cold. Maybe even four. Yeah. That's pretty cold. Maybe. Yeah. But there were a couple of days where it was like almost 60 degrees. I'm like, okay, I can feel spring. Like it feels like spring is coming. It's just on that cusp. Well, and I think that's a good reminder that like the wheel of the year that we follow is often from Britain. And in Britain, their spring does come in early February. Yes. So if you're living somewhere, like if you're listening to this and you're in like Canada, you're just laughing all the way out. You're like, spring, what's that? Yeah, you're like, what are you talking about? I'll see you in April. So so that that can be what you can lean on too. If you feel more comfortable, like letting your calendar, you know, we have to live with the year that we live with. So- so let yeah. your wheel of the year reflect what you need it to right now. So if you're yeah. still if you're still in that phase of like, oh, I'm not ready for new things yet, like that's okay. That's okay. Enjoy yeah. your winter hibernation because as we all know, once that 
once the world pulls us out of our hibernation with social obligations and, you know, all the, the big stuff that comes with certain times of year, like we talked about around the holidays and all that obligation, yeah. ah. we're just always craving that introspection. So if you have that time to stay solitary in your, in your comfort bubble, <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> self-care, 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 self-care. Yes, exactly. Whatever brings you self-care, that's the theme for yes. February. Whatever nurtures Absolutely. your soul do it. And if part of your self-care looks like deepening your magical practice, my next workshop is coming up on the 10th, this coming Saturday, if you're listening to this the day it releases. And it is all about shaking off the fears of practicing magic and embracing Mm -hmm. what magic can do for you. So it's going to be a comprehensive introduction to magic. If you've been on the fence, if you've just been an armchair witch all this time, no shame, (laughs) but now it's time. You're being called. It's time. And I actually just expanded ticket sales because we sold out, which is huge and exciting. Nice. So, but, but there's more tickets available now. So if you checked back and you were like, oh, no, I missed it. Go back because you <laughs> there's more tickets now. And it's a really fun, it's going to be a fun workshop and it just keeps growing. The resource folder keeps getting bigger. So you actually get a little mini grimoire of some workings you can uh-huh. start your path with. And yeah, Sounds it's going to be a good one. So. Hope to see you there. Can I, can I, I want to add one more thing. I want to add a thank you to all of our listeners because we just looked at our ranking in the United States for religion and spirituality. We are number 32. (laughs) I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. Like, I know it fluctuates from, you know, week to week, but currently, just before we started recording this, Lisa and I looked and we are number 32 religion and spirituality for the United States. That's massive. That's huge. And, it's all because of our listeners, because you guys are downloading, you're listening, and you're giving us those awesome ratings, and it helps us reach more people, and we appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. <laughs> thank you. You may have noticed that here at the Magic Kitchen Podcast, We don't have sponsored ads. That's because this is a fully listener-supported show. We do what we do for you, dear listener, and when you join my Magical Living community on Patreon, you're supporting all the time and energy that goes into setting up podcast interviews, writing articles and rituals, my paranormal mystery novel, and all that I do. And in exchange, you're getting over 10 exclusive journal prompts, rituals, witch tip videos, meditations, and more each month. If you love this podcast, consider joining my magical space. I can't wait to meet you and be an even bigger part of your magical journey. Go to patreon.com slash Elise Wells or follow the link in the show notes. We have Valentine's Day just around the corner. And I know during this time of year, actually all year, I think I get questions like this all the time. You probably do too, Elise, where we get questions about love magic, casting love spells and the ethics around it and how to do them specifically. I'm not sure that we're going to go into exactly how to do that in this episode, but we wanted to talk a lot a a bit about, you know, what is love magic? What is, why is it important? How do how dangerous is it? And, you know, what can we do instead when you are not comfortable with it? 
And of course, we're going to touch on sex magic a little bit. So keep listening oh, yes, yes. for that. If you saw the explicit <laughs> rating on the episode title, that that's why. But we're not going to get that's into it too why. personally. Don't worry. Yeah, Nothing we're not TMI. Go it's details. Just, just some some just some ideas, some thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> So, so let's start with what is love magic. So I, I think everybody has maybe a slightly different perspective on love magic. Um, so this is this is my perspective. So love magic in my you know, little bubble is that idea that you're going to use magic to either cause someone to fall in love with you, to notice you. To me, it goes a little bit further than that, not just attracting the opposite sex or a partner or or anything like that. To me, love magic can also be self-love. It is all about generating that sensation of love for yourself. And I think this is where it gets a little touchy because is that a glamour that is temporary or are you attracting genuine love? And for me, if I'm going to do any kind of love magic, I'm going to work on myself first because I have seen the repercussions of casting a love spell to get so-and-so to fall in love with you and have it go horribly wrong. And I think that's where the cautions always come from is the consequences of this kind of magic and the the interfering with free will, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. The consent. So I think that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing to consider is who do you need consent from for this magic? That's the question we ask ourselves with any magic we do that's going to be outward facing. Who do I need consent from to do this? If it's a healing spell, you need consent from the person you're healing. They don't need to like get a copy of the ritual before you do it, but it, it's just <laughs> the simple, do you mind if I pray for you? Do you mind if I do a spell for you? Do you mind if I light a candle for you? That kind of consent, you know? Of course, the only time you don't need consent is when it's to protect yourself, right? We've, we've gone over that quite a bit, I think. Yes, I just have. want to put that disclaimer so people don't think that you need to ask your abuser before you do a cord cutting. But Ugh. you do need to ask permission if you're going to do a spell to invite a, a relationship with a person or to continue a relationship with a person. So even if your partner does not practice witchcraft or if the person that you're involved with you're not comfortable necessarily like getting into the nitty-gritty of what your practice is letting them know that you have a practice that you're it's it let's think of it from like a more familiar attitude right like in in christianity like we're told we're allowed to pray for stuff right if you you grew up in that world and and it's the same in my understanding growing from the middle east for islam and i would imagine it's probably similar for most religions that you can pray for what you're asking for from the universe or in that case your god so if you are in a christian relationship i don't think it would be weird to say to that person like oh i've been praying for somebody like you right i've been waiting for somebody like you so we can think of it the same way as witches if we have the partner that we love and we want to make sure we keep them and we want to you know do protection magic for them or we want like all these fall under the category of love magic for me For me, because they are magic inspired by your love for this other person that you are going to use that love because love is energy. So you're going to use that energy of love to affect this other person positively. So getting consent for something like that, like if you're in a marriage with that person, you have their consent to love them. 
So doing a spell to heighten your love or get your spark back, or maybe you've been having issues with intimacy that come from a personal place. It, it always really does. Or maybe you're having some doubts, not in your heart of hearts, but like the voices are coming back. You know, the stories are coming back about like, do I deserve this? Is this really like what I thought it was? Like there's there's the self-doubt that we know is is like that you know, that niggling voice that's like against us somehow in our brains. Like if you need to calm that or like that is an expression of self-love that is towards that outward love, that relationship that you're, you're building. Does that make sense? Are you with me? I feel like, I feel like it's such a personal, like web it is, of emotions. It is so personal. Yeah. No, but it, it does make sense. Like, I think you typically, like we see the movies, we see, Oh, here the little you know potion of love, and they're gonna drink it and fall madly in love with you. And I know, but that is we never don't love. always. It's, it's like infatuation, infatuation, or lust. obsession, yeah. or lust. Yeah. yeah, it's not love. And love is so complex. I guess that's why this is, is such a hard topic to even touch explain. on. Explain, yeah, because because <laughs> I guess that's it. If you can remember, love is energy. It's yes. a really strong form of energy. strong energy. Mm-hmm. You can manipulate it because you're a witch. And we know what manipulate yeah. means. We use it in a yes. really negative context, generally speaking, but it really means affecting change. So that's yes. what we mean. And that's where the the lack of consent would be a problem. And that's where it's like capital M manipulate. Don't do that. But yeah. But yeah, like <laughs> I think there is something to be said for that. Like the way we can use love magic inwardly to affect change outwardly right. is it's it's almost a form of shadow work. It, it really is. And when we look at relationships, it's always a good rule of thumb to look inward before you start working outward. You know, how am I showing up? How am I replaying these stories in my head that that are creating self-fulfilling prophecies where, you know, oh, I don't believe I'm deserving. So those around me aren't going to treat me that I de- like. I deserve. So our attitudes and our energy, especially when it comes to strong emotions like love, rage, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit later about sex magic, but orgasm, like it brings up these strong energetic currents that have power. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's so complicated and we can't speak for the individuals listening to us right now. We can only speak from our experience and from what we've witnessed. And I, let me tell a story real quick, because <laughs> this is a really good example of how I dealt with someone coming to me for a love spell. So this is probably a good, geez, 20 years ago. I was working in an office. Um, I I used to work in in corporate America. I was an executive assistant for a a big wig in several companies. And uh, I had, you know, a few friends in the office and one who was on the same path as me. And so around the office, of course, I kept it quiet. I was in the broom closet. But with the select few, they knew who I was, what I did. And, you know, we may even, you know, entertain our extracurricular activity outside the office type thing, (laughs) you know, the whole (laughs) magic atmosphere. 
So this person, she came to me because she was enamored with one of our coworkers. And she kept begging me for a love spell. Please, please, please. Like, I, I love him so much. And I, I just want to get to know him better. And I, I want to... She she really just wanted to marry him right then and there. <laughs> and he had no interest. Like, he was very driven career-wise. He was not looking for relationships at the at the time. And it, ironically, like, through this process, like, he and I became very good friends. And to this day, we're still friends. So 20 years later, that relationship mm-hmm. is maintained. And so eventually, like, she got so frustrated with my just I I wouldn't do the spell for her. I said, fine, I'll do a spell for you. But this is how it's going to go down. And the way I did it was that she would find within herself the love she's seeking from him, that she would find within herself the courage to love herself like she wants to love him. And that's powerful. It was it was incredibly powerful because because after time goes on and, and, you know, she got a little weird with the whole thing. Like she even put an Adam and Eve's root under his desk at one point. Like she started getting kind of really weird. So that's why I decided to put my foot down and say, OK, this is the spell I'm doing for you. And this is how it's going to go down. I'm not going to cause anybody to get you know fall in love with you. But you need to love yourself first. So. Fast forward, like, I think it was about five years. So it, it was a long-term spell. It took a long time. But I think it was also partly her not accepting the spell because it's not what mm-hmm. she wanted or what she thought she wanted. She, you know, five years, she found someone out of state, um, actually um, back in California where both of us were from, who just fell in love with her, who loved her the way she wanted to be loved. And they ended up getting married and she moved back out there. And yeah, as far as I know, she's still living happily ever after. So it's one of those things where love magic, it, it because it's complicated, the spells that go with it have to be complicated. Yeah. And that I think that's why they're, they can be dangerous because there's a lot that can go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. They're not beginner witchcraft. No. Like <laughs> you really can't do a grounding so wrong that everything you know like you can't really mess that that up grounding that's beginner witchcraft or even prosperity like maybe you won't manifest the million dollars you're trying to on that first time doing a prosperity ritual but you can let's say it doesn't work like it's probably like unless you really worded it really badly like you probably won't like hurt to yourself but love magic matters of the heart shadow work you know these these things are not like baby's first spell no absolutely not because they do take complexity to to understand the way the energy is going to travel i guess that's a good visual if you're a visual person try to picture your energy as waves and think about the way if you've ever been in love or you've ever had that 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 those early you know that puppy dog love that like honeymoon phase like the butterflies, right? Like that feeling like when when like your hands brush against each other or, uh, you know, you're sitting next to them and their warmth is like radiating towards you. Like that mm-hmm. kind of love is so powerful. It's such a powerful yes. energy. Like think of the way that made you like flurry about your house cleaning places you never thought to clean and you're happy about it. Or the way it yeah. made you try new things or maybe you went skydiving. Like it just inspires us. Like even in a non-magical relationship, people feel this, this effect. Yeah. So when we're doing love magic, 
that's that's the energy we're working with. Like that's that's the power of the energy we're working with. You know, there's the same kind of ripple in a relationship of people that have been together 36 years and they can just look at each other and they know exactly what that other person's thinking. That's that's the same love. You know, it transmutes from that puppy dog excitement to a deep, deep knowing of each other. And it's so beautiful. Like love is one of those things in this life that I think we reincarnate for. You know, I don't think this kind of experience of like freedom in another soul's presence can happen you know, on this idyllic other side, like it's like eating food or sleeping. Like there's stuff you do <laughs> in this life that you can't do as a soul floating around. Right. And that's why we reincarnate. That's why we come. So I, I, that's I what think we, it's, it's also it's, one it's of the powerful. It is powerful. And you're the, going along with the emotion. I think that's why when we're manifesting anything, like we need to feel the emotion of that thing manifested. How yeah. do we feel? Yes. Because emotions transcend and love can go sour really quickly if it's not not something that's making you a better person. And I think yeah. that's the catalyst that people miss when they're when they're looking at love spells, when they're looking to be loved. They're not looking at, is this love, is this relationship going to make me a better person? Yeah. And that's yeah. ultimately what it should be doing. We should be making each other better people through our relationships. So if our sole goal or entire motivation is just to feel loved, then there's definitely a huge shadow there that needs to be addressed before you go out and seek love from someone else. So a lot of times, probably more than most witches care to admit, we begin this path as armchair witches. Whether it's because we feel nervous, confused, uncertain, or simply overwhelmed, no matter how many books we've read or podcasts we've listened to, starting our actual practice of witchcraft is really intimidating. That's why, by popular request, my next workshop is a confidence-boosting intro to magic. To Cast a Circle is a 90-minute course in the basics of rituals, spells, and sacred space. You'll receive a mini grimoire and my personal ritual template, as well as a reading list and other resources. Join us February 10th at 4 p.m. EST, and all tickets come with indefinite access to the recording and resources. Get your tickets at the link in the show notes or seekingnumina.com. So let's get psychological. Okay. (laughs) Shadow work comes from Carl Jung's theories, right? So does so much. Synchronicity, Carl Jung. Dream work, Mm -hmm. Carl Jung. Symbolism, Carl Jung. Archetypes, you guessed it. It's Carl Jung. This guy did it all, came up with it all. Succinctly, concisely, unbelievable. I don't know how he did it in one lifetime. I do not know. (laughs) But one of the things that he purported that I think we need to really think about when it comes to love magic is that when we're in our shadow and we're working on that inner work and we're focusing inwards, what we're really doing is something that came after with psychologists where they decided that there's really two forms of of motivation. There's internal and there's external. Mm -hmm. Internal work, like shadow work, is 
a little bit more powerful. People who are internally motivated means that they don't need somebody else's approval to do the thing. They don't need somebody else saying, hey, did you get that project done? They're doing it for themselves with themselves as their motivator. External motivation is always going to serve you less because it's dependent on things outside of your control. No matter how out of control of your life you feel, that's just your feeling. That's not reality. In reality, you are in full control of your reaction to things, your emotions, your inner workings. Yes, of course, things happen to you that aren't in your control, but that inner work is always within your control. Right. The external factors like uh, getting praise from a boss or getting a kiss on the head from your husband or getting a swipe right on Tinder from that girl that's really like out of your league, but you can't believe she said yes, and maybe you can go on a date with her. Like Those dopamine <laughs> hits are awesome. But they can't be the why for anything in your life. Like, it's a really hard reality. I really resisted that in my early shadow work. But it just has to be. It has to come from the inside. And it goes along with everything else in our path. Once we master that, once we can accept that fully, the rest is easy. As within, so without. I mean, that is... That, yeah, that's the exactly. one of the lessons of witchcraft, as within, so without. And that means that you cannot seek outside of yourself the gratification, the healing, the justification, the love, the you name it. All those things that we seek because they are already in within you. It's just a matter of clearing the muck and looking yeah. at the shadow and recognizing that you are all you need. You don't need anyone else outside of you. You don't need any external circumstance or experience to validate you. And I think that's something that gets missed in love spells. You know, you could probably go on Etsy right now and buy a love spell for 20 mm-hmm. bucks. But is it really going to give you what you need, what you already have within you? Is it going to help uncover what what your shadow has covered and help you love yourself more because no matter how much someone else loves you, if you don't love yourself, you'll never feel worthy of it and you'll never be able to fully receive that love. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so heavy in in my Patreon Mm. community, in the magical living community, we recently had a discussion about love spells and it was one of our most like, back and forth like like for a couple of weeks on this forum like we've just been like thinking through this because <clears throat> it started off as a shadow work prompt like what do you think of love spells you know what mm. what what are your ethics as a practitioner personally and it, it <laughs> evolved into like well what about self love well what about erotic magic erotic magic is a term that i use for um spell work that is essentially illicit like the kind of things in ancient spell books that are like do you want that girl to marry you? Do this spell, like the creepy ones. Um, yeah. And then, but but it gets really hard to, to to talk about love magic once you realize how deeply it's tied to shadow work, how deeply it's tied to relationships outside. Like you know, there's so many kinds of love. There's romantic. There's maternal, paternal. There's siblings. Friendship. There's <laughs> friendship. Yeah, friendship. Honestly, yeah. some of the worst breakups I've ever had. Actually, Ooh. all of the worst breakups I've ever had were friend yes. breakups. Friends. Not yeah. people, not 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 lovers. Like I think that's a more common experience than we're usually talking about. But 
Yeah, it's it's a complicated topic. So like finding your own ethics on it, looking at every situation pretty widely before making any magical moves and talking it through with the people you trust. I think that's the best way forward with with something like this, because it's it can be permanent. And I think love can have permanent effects. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it can make us so irrational. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh yes yeah it can <laughs> it's almost addictive i think you know if you look at some of the yeah the ways people behave when they're in love <laughs> you know I, mm-hmm. I say it that way because it becomes that immature love it's not a mature love it's not the kind of love that's going to make you a better person or help you grow it's that that addictive type of behavior where you lose yourself and you shouldn't be losing yourself. Yeah, spend time in the euphoria, spend time in the newness of it, the uh the the happiness, the I don't know, the elation that comes with it, but don't lose yourself. If you're sacrificing who you are or who you want to be, if you're sacrificing your future, if you're fa- sacrificing your good friends, you know, not toxic friends. I'm not talking about the toxic ones, but like people who genuinely support you for this person because you love them and they love you, but there's manipulation there. That's not love. None of that is love. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's a hard one to wake up to because we do get those yeah. rose colored glasses on oh, real quick. It's, it must, it's a gut it, honestly, punch. I don't know if it's been studied. I haven't looked into this, but we know addiction affects the brain mm-hmm. in a sneaky way. Like when a drug right. or alcohol or even food addiction gets itself into your brain it actually like goes past your i forget what the name of these receptors is called (laughs) Yeah, and it triggers your dopamine from within your brain so it actually makes your brain think you caused that happiness in an internal way i just read a book on um on freud and halstead Mm -hmm. and the way that cocaine affected 19th century Everything, medicine, but also everything. like everything. Like it was, <laughs> it's kind of the way marijuana is now where it's just in all the stuff. Yeah. Like you could have got like Coca-Cola, right? We know that had cocaine in it, but yeah. like there was like wine, there was of course medicine, there was like gum, there was like bread, there was like baby formula. No, not baby formula, <clears throat> but it was in their milk. So like babies <laughs> were drinking cocaine. It was crazy. Yeah. It was really, really wild. But that's what I really took away from it is like, We always say addiction is a disease, but like the way it functions is really insidious, you know, on a medical level, on a chartable, like neurological level. And I think love does do the same thing to us because that dopamine hit comes from within us. Like it comes like those butterflies feel like they're within us, but we know they're externally caused. But like you could be away from that person and you're just in class, you know, in college and like you just think of them and like you just you're just filled with like warmth and love for them like instantly. So it feels internal, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, journal that stuff, write it down, feel the way it feels fully and like record it somehow, voice recording it, video recording it, because, and screenshot the text messages, like keep a record of all this while, so that when you're sane again, you can look back, (laughs) look back, (laughs) critical eye. And journaling (laughs) is such an important thing. And so we're doing our shadow work. We're, we're doing a lot of this. We're documenting. And when we start doing our shadow work and we start looking at these patterns, we start to realize how addicted we are to our own misery. 
and how addicted we are to the patterns that disguise themselves as good things, but later feed into our misery and how we perpetuate that. So that's, I mean, that's why shadow work is so difficult because once we start, you know, going in and start looking at those patterns of how we perpetuate our own misery, we start realizing that we are the one, we are the reason we're unhappy. You know, it's not this external, you know, going back to the as within, so without, it's not necessarily this external force because that already happened. It's not continuing to happen. It's not, you know, unless you are actively being abused or uh, mistreated in any way, it's not currently happening. Happening. It is our connection to it that is continuing to hurt us. So when we go into these euphoric relationships where everything is up high, high, high for a little while, but then all of a sudden, that's when we take off those rose-colored glasses and we start seeing the abuse. We start seeing the disdain. We start seeing, we start really recognizing the little digs or the mm-hmm. immature behavior. And we realize after, you know, through this documentation of journaling and shadow work, we realize, oh, whoa, okay, this is a pattern. I did this with this person. I did it with this person in this relationship, this relationship. And now I can see my patterns and I realize it's me. And that's the hardest thing to do to realize that you're part of the problem. You, you may not have caused the problem initially, but because you ruminate on it, because you mm-hmm. fixate on the patterns and don't recognize the patterns, then you find yourself in the same situation. And that's when I'm doing shadow work with my clients, that's the first thing I have them do. What are your patterns? Let's look at it. Every day, I want you to start looking at your patterns. Who are, who's in your life and how do they treat you? What relationships do you typically seek out? And, and how, do, how are you treated in those relationships? How do you treat yourself in those relationships? And, you know, there's like, I don't know, like 10 page workbook that I give my clients to look at this stuff because we go through all areas of life. Like, where are your patterns? Where are you perpetuating your own misery? And I and I kid you not, 90 percent of my clients, when they hit that point, when they see that they have played a role in their own misery, whether it be love or finances, whatever it is, that's when they stop. They freeze because it's such a hard thing to notice about ourselves. But once you do, if you can get past that threshold, then you are in such a better place. Your magic is better. Your manifesting is better. Your life is more balanced. You, you know, limit your interaction with the people that cause your misery or help perpetuate your misery, that sort of thing. So it's, it's yeah. a hard thing. And I, and I'm, and I want to add a disclaimer here because, because I've seen this go around before. Like people will say, you're not worthy of love until you love yourself. That is like 8 million percent, not what we're saying. Yeah. Like you are 1000% worthy of love. Like if you're going through a hard time, like you don't have to divorce your husband because you don't deserve love anymore. Like there's something (laughs) about, unless he's the reason you're going through a hard time. But anyway, (laughs) I was going to say, wait a minute, there could be, (laughs) well, sometimes that's the answer, but, (laughs) but, but to be worthy of love, like blanket right now, every single person is worthy of love. It's a huge part of why we enter this world. The reason yes. that we decided to live in a flesh meat suit is because we can experience love. <laughs> so you're worthy of it. Of course you are. Like the whole concept of who's worthy, who's not, that's that's very patriarchal. That's very I Christian. 
that's yes. very hierarchical. It says a uh, in crowd, out crowd. You know, yes. there's no exclusivity to happiness. That's no. You deserve love. You deserve, you deserve you love. De- you deserve love you and, and prosperity. Like that's love. Yeah. Yes. You, we deserve, you deserve these things. To be, these are basic things. Yes. Basic. You're not comforts, asking for too basic. much. Nope. Yeah. No. <laughs> Just want to get that out there. Yeah, I like but that. When, that we, was good when we're pushing inner work, it's not it's not because like, girl, you need work. Like, it's not like that. <laughs> it's because mm-hmm, no. why wouldn't you? Like, if you're here, if you're doing well, if you're happy, you can always, you know, facilitate that to be stronger and better. And, you know, like, just yes. not have the stressors of those voices. Like, that's really what it's what it does when you really get this inner work under control. Those stories can never replay in your head. Those little voices don't have a seat at the table anymore. No. Or if they do, they're easily brushed away. You know, you don't have, they don't, you don't ruminate anymore. Yes. Oh my gosh. Rumination. Oh, it's so awful. (laughs) It's so evil. It's so sinister. And we all do it. You know, we, we all have those voices in our head that just tell us like, Hey, you're not good enough. Who do you think you are? But you know what? No. (laughs) So I would say, I would honestly say that's probably my biggest advice. If you're thinking of doing love magic and you, and and you, the kind of love magic aside, that's like to deepen your relationship with the person you're already with, because we'll talk about sex magic here in a minute. But if we're talking just about, it's of course sex isn't all there is with love, right? But like, if if that's, that's one thing, like if you're like, oh, you know, why do people renew their vows? Like, you know, it's that kind of magic. It's the same vein as that. Go for it. That's really healthy, I think. But if you're like in a place of like where loneliness is your driving factor or self-doubt or, you know, like if, if it's a negative emotion that you're trying to end through love magic, go within first. Do some self-love magic first. Yeah. And the, the real reality is we will project out to the world what we're trying to invite if we've done that inner work like almost every person i've talked to that's in a really loving like they found the one relationship myself included i I have to say i (laughs) love my husband so much i found him when i was absolutely not looking at all i was almost pissed off that i met him because i was really enjoying my (laughs) my freedom my youth you know all those lovely things and i was like man this is the one i'm gonna marry i knew really early like, you know, we took our time to get married for seven years, but it was one of those things that I knew I was on the right path with. And I couldn't have found him if I had been in the place I was years before that. So when we do that inner work, the rest comes. The universe delivers. It always does. Did you know that one of the best ways to support this show is actually completely free? When you leave us a five-star review, it triggers the algorithm to recommend our show to more people. And that is the number one way our show can grow. Keep the hearth lit in the magic kitchen by leaving us a five-star review. So now that we kind of got the baseline of love magic and maybe a look at a better way to use it, (laughs) let's look at sex magic because I think sex magic and love spells love magic seem to always i don't know they always seem to get thrown together um and i know there's a few reasons for for that because 
a lot of people crave the physical intimacy. But sex magic, in my experience, is more about getting in touch with your body, knowing your body, and then using the the component of an orgasm as a, a magical component. So think of it as like your spell ingredient because it is such Ooh. a powerful force that it really takes control. If you're doing it right, I think it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about it, but I don't know about other people's experiences. I'm not going to go there, but um, it, it's really, it's it, think of it as a magical ingredient. So you can use that in love spells. If you choose, if you choose to go that route, but it orgasm can also be used in other for other purposes, for manifesting money, for, you know, self-healing, that sort of thing, because it's so powerful. It's same with, you know, the, the emotion of love. It's so powerful. The emotion of rage. It's so powerful. Like these really powerful, intense experiences and things that just take over the energy of your body and your mind. They they have that that ability to like push things forward really quickly and in a big way. And yeah. I think love magic and, and sex magic, because of these components, both the love and the uh, energy of the orgasm, they really have the potential to do great good or great damage. And I think that's why we have to be careful with this kind of energy. Yeah. And I will say, like, sex magic can be done alone. You don't right. need a partner because exactly. it's orgasm based. And right. you can do that on your own. Mm-hmm. sometimes even better than with a partner yeah, yeah. <laughs> depending on uh, the relationship <laughs> so i feel like that's something to remember too like that's a really empowering form of a self-love spell in fact very much mm-hmm. you know really really get in the zone have a nice ritual bath like get yourself a new toy like go for it <laughs> those are the kind of things that i think sex, ma- sex magic is is best for but yeah like orgasms are a really heightened form of energy you know it's called the little death because it's that's what it is it's like this like freedom of a couple seconds of pure bliss pure freedom if you could channel that towards a goal you're extending that energy and that's all magic is it's just that transmutation of energy it's directing energy where you want it so yeah orgasms are very powerful and i would Mm -hmm. say like a lot of people's if you feel like you're somebody who has a hard time raising energy sex energy whether it's with a partner or alone by yourself. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I don't know. I think it's the easiest way to raise very powerful energy because anger can be easy too. Like if you really want to get angry, I, I know you can hit YouTube and find, find somebody on the opposite <laughs> side of your politics and watch them talk and get angry. Yes. Like, and you could use that anger, but anger is hard to direct. It's, it's a bit erratic. Mm-hmm. Orgasms can be too. Love can be too. But they can be. But I think they can be more directed because. Yeah, exactly. They just seem more. They're so personal. Right. Yeah. And they, it's not yeah, like they, anger you pick up on an egregore. You know, it's kind of public in a way. Yeah. But with. It's erratic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Erratic's just a, a good word for. Yeah. That's no way <laughs> go erotic, not too. erratic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that's our new motto. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> erotic, not erratic. I think they'd be vastly disappointed in the majority of the podcast if they were like, "Oh, an erotic magic podcast." We're mostly like talking about herbs all the time. 
the hell are these chicks doing? <laughs> yeah. They're like, pick a lane. <laughs> pick a lane. <laughs> I am. I'm going erotic, not erratic. <laughs> yeah. Which, and like, I think that's a good example of like, like, I... I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like for both of us, sex magic is not like the prime thing we do in our practice. Yeah. But but as a well-rounded witch, you yeah. know, it's good to know about this stuff. So yeah, don't feel experience. like you have to go out and like do any of this. This is just something to think about. Something to think about. Well, and, and I think consider. a lot of what happens in the craft, especially lately, like I didn't notice this so much when I was new in the craft, but definitely the past like 20 years or so. Um. I don't know, maybe maybe in the past 10 years or so. It seems like everybody has to be identified as one way or the other. Like, oh, you have to be only, only a cottage witch, witch or you only a crystal witch or only a moon witch or whatever labels are flying around right now. So, I mean, if <laughs> I think the point of practicing is to explore and then find what works for you. So if, you know, if you've branched out and tried them all, and sex magic is your thing, then why can't you, why, why can't you be an erotic witch? Like, why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I so, feel like that's but you the could also be an herbalist too. Witchcraft. Yeah. Try it all. Like yeah. and herbalism could help you in your sex magic. Absolutely. You know, you can make yourself a little ointment, you know, a little, mm-hmm. what's the sexier yeah. word than ointment? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a couple of herbs off the top of my head that are really um, useful for women. Damiana is a really good one. Um, Ashwagandha can be um, only because it helps. It's an adaptogen, so it helps regulate stress. So uh, stress is a huge thing that will, like, you know, sink your um, libido in a heartbeat. Um, and then for for men, horny goat weed is a great one. So both of <laughs> right these, in the name. <laughs> yeah, it's right in the name, and and I sell them both in my shop. So if you're interested, I do have them. <laughs> But yeah, the, those are great herbs if, if you are trying to get in the mood or get, you know, get out of a funk or you just want to be more healthy in that area and you want to use herbs in your practice. Go for it. Mary meet. Mary part. And, and Mary meet, meet again. again. Thank you for joining us on the Magic Kitchen podcast. Please visit my website, leandrawitchwood.com for news, information, and more episodes. I'm Elise Wells, and I can be found at Seeking Numina on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and SeekingNumina.com. That's Seeking, N-U-M-I-N-A.